Hi, welcome to Your Grit Story, where we chat with entrepreneurs, innovators, and leaders who live by passion and perseverance to make the future a reality. Let's be inspired by the stories as you create your grit story. A very warm welcome to another episode of Your Grit Story. Today we have a guest who has made it to Forbes Asia 30 Under 30 list for Enterprise Tech in Singapore's top 100 women in tech list in recent years. For me, I've always respected her for her determination to overcome challenges with lots of ups and downs. I'm going to take a pause here and welcome our beautiful guest, Shamin Tan. Welcome to the show, Shamin. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me here today. It's my pleasure. So first of all, thank you for forking out your precious time to join me in the show. And I am very excited because we have two things in common. The first thing in common <laughs> is that we are both alumni of NUS Overseas College. And the second thing in common is that we are both believers of Christ. Right? And during this special episode, we will chat about how your faith makes, how you make a decision uh, on your faith and would love to have you share your journey with our listeners as well. So to start with, we would like to have you introduce yourself so, for, so our audience can get to know you better. On to you, Shamin. Hi everyone, I'm Shamin. I'm the founder of QuickDesk. We make selling simpler and smarter. Pretty much how we do that is we use the blend of education and technology to help businesses to transform their sales digitally as well as to be able to help them to automate their communication so that, you know, with technology, you can achieve more of less. So that's who we are at QuickDesk. Awesome. Thanks for the introduction. So share with us your entrepreneurship journey, right? When do you start? Is this your first company and all that? Wow. Um, <laughs> so I should start all the way from the beginning, is it? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, back to what Eric was sharing, you know, we got to know each other because of this commonality called the NUS Overseas College where all of us get exposed to the world and realize that, you know, nothing is impossible. So I guess I've been very, very blessed to be able to join NUS Overseas College in Stockholm. And the year I joined was the year I turned 21. And, you know, being 21 is like being an adult. So being an adult is like, okay, do something different, right? So I wanted to kickstart my business um, dream. And that's how I started business. So how I started my first business was asking myself a question. If I'm an entrepreneur, what's the problem I want to solve? Um, so I couldn't find any solution um, use, using my phone. So I was out in the cold. I couldn't use my phone. So I was trying to find a solution around it. I couldn't find one. I was like, what if that it's a glove that allowed me to use my iPhone out in the cold? Went online to research about you know what makes phone conductive, how to interact with phones, and ta-da! Got this sudden aha moment like, okay, you know, I just have to make uh, gloves with fabric that is conductive. And that got me started in my journey, inventing winter gloves for touchscreen devices. Continuing on, what happened thereafter was that I needed to... So, you know, after building the gloves, I realized that, hey, you know, um, when we first started the first year, it was great because nobody else did that. But one winter later, everyone was doing it. Technology was changing. We had to pivot. And when I look back in my first startup journey, I asked myself something like, what is one thing that I would do differently in my startup? And also I had a a friend who is Eric's batchmate, Justin. I always remember. Yeah. Uh, he asked me a question and said, Shamin, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are a jack of all trades. What do you be on Buster off? Like, if you're going to get hired, like, what will you join? What will you do, right? Hmm. And it, it really got me thinking because I, I realized that, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's fine to dabble into everything, right? Sales, marketing, finance, HR. But what do I really be good off? You know, there's this whole thing called the T-shape. Hmm. And I said, sales. Because at the end of the day, 
sales is the bloodline of every organization. And honestly, if my gloves company, the sales was good, maybe the the turnaround would be very different. So so yeah, so that was really the basis as to how I decided to do a company that uses technology and education to help businesses drive sales better. And more importantly, to help the other products to be able to better market itself. Because I've seen a lot of great products, but they just don't have the opportunity like I do to manufacture and then to really get the product out there to the hands of many. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. So from doing gloves, right, in winter to use a phone in Stockholm to quick desk, that's, that's kind of combining sales and education, right, uh, and technology, right? So just now you mentioned about the NUS Overseas College, right? Could you share with our audience more about this program and how this program helped you in your journey? Okay, so I... So NUS Overseas College exists in different countries and cities. Uh, Eric got lucky to go to Silicon Valley, I believe. Silicon Valley, right? South <laughs> um, yeah, is great. South no, is great. Sweden is great, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I actually chose Stockholm. Yeah. So yeah. I chose Stockholm because I'm, I don't have software engineering background and, and I wanted to go into a space that does hardware. And Sweden, it's, they have a lot of innovation in the hardware space. So yeah, so... And also I thought at a point in time like, hmm... I mean, you know, when you're younger, Sweden is like this far away country that nobody knows about. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, it got me curious. Uh, and I was like, okay, like, I know in future, if I got, got out of work, there was no, way, no other way I can go to Sweden to work and study. Uh, but now, so, so NUS Services College allow you to go overseas to work and study in a startup for you to experience startup culture before you start your own. Yeah, so it's been amazing because I, I guess I was very blessed to work in a company, in a medical tech company, whereby I was the, I wasn't an employee, I was an intern, right? So mm-hmm. I'm the fourth person in the organization. Wow. And in fact, in the whole organization, you got one employee, which is the boss. <laughs> yeah. So the other two, one was doing research and one was doing QA. And they were mm-hmm. just like contract work, like they were contract stuff. So so we were all equals. But it was because they were so small, like I remember joining them, they were nine months old. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing. And we had to do everything, right? From I go in, I build my own chair, build my own table, you know, um, like everything was open for me to explore, open for me to try. So my boss was a young female. I, I remember I was twenty then, she was twenty nine, and she's like this hot, smart lady that like you know manufactures medical implants for cartilage defects. It's like how cool is that, right? Mm. So I guess oh. what what happened was she exposed me to the theory of nothing is impossible. Mm. Uh, I think before I met her, I. I, in my mind, doing business is like, okay, let's do F&B, you know, sell food, run mm. events. Uh, I have never thought of manufacturing. And yeah, so my first project was to, we were doing knee implants. So we were trying mm. to solve the problem whereby a lot of adults, they go through osteoporosis and then mm. their knee no longer function as it should. Mm. So I was helping them out to explore whether they can use the same technology, but now on the toe. Mm. Yeah. So... The product that I started building out, the product development plan was became the product that helped them to leapfrog into the market first. Mm. So it was a very eventful experience. Um, that was the first half of the year. My second half of the year, I got the privilege to get them see them go IPO. Wow. Um, and be part of that journey. Yeah. So from getting shareholders to getting investors to you know manufacturing product, really seeing the whole cycle of entrepreneurship. Uh, even though it's not my own business and having the belief that nothing is impossible and you can always build a product that can impact lives. So that really inspired me, I would say, that mm. I could do my own too. And 
yeah. So I, I guess without NOC, why I started business, I don't know, maybe not because I wouldn't have that guts. I wouldn't have mm. the belief. I, I wouldn't have something I can look to and say that this person have done that, so can I. Mm. Let's kind of um talk about QuickDesk a little bit, right? So how did QuickDesk really got started, right? Maybe tell us about that first day that you founded the company. Yeah, so so you know when I couldn't, when I had to pivot, I got the opportunity to explore different technologies to build wearable tech. However, I realized that for me, I can only build a product out of a problem. I cannot build a product out of a technology. Mm. Like I can find a technology to to build the solution to a problem, but not the other way around. Like the chronological order makes a difference. And and I'm saying this because when I was given the opportunity to explore technology, I, I really can't find something that I'm passionate about and I believe in. And I have a friend who always tell me one thing, right? The best product to build is to build a product whereby you can relate to the problem. And mm. sales was a problem that I could really relate to because uh, I remember I was housed in NUS Enterprise, you know, incubator space. Mm. And there was this saying, you know, out of 10 setups, 9 died. And it's very real. Like, I see from my own eyes that 9 companies, like, companies just keep going off. And um, it's not that they have bad products. It's just mm. that they don't have, like, proper sales and marketing channel. And I was like, you know, if I have a good product, it needs to be able to sell. People need to know about it. People need to get the hand of people about why isn't it going there. Mm. And then I was asking a question. Why do schools teach like the micro five, five portals, forces, you know, why do they teach about marketing? But no one teach sales. Eh? You realize school, no one teach sales. Like You're right. you pretty You're much right. figure out yourself. Yeah, right. So I wanted to do online sales training in 2013. But I think mm. I was too early in the market. Nobody would learn sales training online at that point in time. Then came the opportunity to build a technology that allows us to do sales of staying compliant mm. because we were going through the phase of do not call us. So because of that, I said, okay, you know, we can build a telemarketing system with do not call us. Uh, that got me started in building a CRM. Mm. Yeah, but it still go back to solve the same problem, which is how to use technology to drive more sales. Of course, the education part, I've, I said, like, okay, like, you know, education will come later. Mm. Yeah, so, so it, it all started a very simple mission, like, if revenue is so important to a company, it's the bloodline of every organization. How can we use technology to help solve this problem? Mm. Well said, well said, well said. Yeah. Question. So did you start QuickDesk alone or you have uh, a group to start with? Yeah, I, I reached out to a sales trainer at a point in time. I was like, hey, mm. you know, I have this I have this vision to build this like uh, sales training ecosystem, you know. Mm. Can you join me because I don't have much sales experience? Uh, so I started with him as one co-founder and then I can't code for nuts I'm not even programming trained and I knew I knew go in technology so I went to NUS very blessed to know this professor called Professor Ben Leong mm. uh, through one of the modules or so so he runs this program called CS3216 which got the students to build products for um, companies right so I said mm. hey guys so I, I ran in this guerrilla marketing thing I ran in the class I was like hey guys you know it's so important that we need to all learn um Trend sales and what if learning can go digital? And mm. so the paper dragon out of it, convinced a group of students to come and develop with me. But it was interesting. We started wanting to do online sales training. We validated the market not needed. We ended up building a video conferencing tool similar to Zoom. And then realized that we don't have money to build to continue building the system. Uh, opportunity came to to build a telemarketing software we do not call us. And so we evolved over time with this group of final year students. Yeah, so it started with me, the sales trainer, and three developers from NUSCS 3216. Wow, Charmaine, I can really see the passion in you, right? So from 
anyways, overseas college days in uni, and then to the glove story, and then to quick desk, and then to pitching to a group of students to code for you. That's like <laughs> full of like passion and, and grit. So, and also to echo what you mentioned just now um, about NAS overseas college, right? Where we realize that um, there's this culture of nothing is impossible, right? If you found a problem that is they're passionate to solve, I think we have if we have the passion, we can solve it, right? I think that is the spirit of all the colleges, right? Uh, beyond Stockholm, beyond Silicon Valley, Bio Valley, and, and other colleges. Let's talk about the journey more, right? So you could take an, you could have taken an easy route being an employee, but what makes you want to take the route of a founder? I don't know. I think it's genetics, yeah. I want to run a business since I was 14. So I think mm. that's purely genetics. What kept me as a founder is faith, lah. Yeah, you know, I, I think... There were so many times I want to give up, like so many. And every time when I was in my lowest of lowest, and I, I was about to, to call it a day, a miracle would happen. Uh, we ran out of money in 2015 because we lost our tech team. Uh, I was about to pull in a wet towel. Suddenly, we became a government pre-approved vendor within the week. And we suddenly had a CTO. So like just the week that I wanted to give up, it's the same week I got all my miracles, right? Um. And 2018, the same thing happened. So I, I guess faith kept me going. Um, and also for now, I, I, I see entrepreneurship as the opportunity to, you know, to impact lives, to be very intentional and very purposeful. And honestly, I'm enjoying the journey for, of learning. I'm enjoying the journey of, um, yeah. So I guess it's what we call bittersweet. Not that I've achieved the success I hope I would, but I guess, like every step of the way, every part of the process in impacting life through the teammates I have, impacting life through the clients I meet, impacting life through the education I provide, yet being able to make a certain level of money, you know, to live a certain life. And, you know, like, I think, yeah, it's, it's a bittersweet journey that I went through and I'm thankful to go through. Nice. It sounds like there's definitely a purpose. Uh, we've also profit, right? It's a good balance of both, right? Making impact uh, to lives and, and other people. Uh, in the society as well, right? So just like I mentioned about faith, right? Could you elaborate more on that faith that kept you going? Yeah, so when I started business, I I got to NUS Overseas College because God answered my prayer to let my dad allow me to go. So mm. that was the first prayer being answered. And there were so many times in, in, in the entrepreneurship journey that a lot of things were so unpredictable. A lot of things were something that you couldn't... How do I say it? You couldn't have like... I mean... It could have survived, lah, right? Mm. Running out of money, the bank left $30 or even left negative dollar. You know, your team's leaving you. Um, You know, production's delayed. People were... There are so many things that just needed certain, like, guardian angels to be there to, like, ensure things run well. And there were so many times I really do not know what to do because a lot of things were not within my control, mm. right? And... But yet, there's always this, like, inkling inside me to just have faith because mm. if you have faith and if this is god's path for you he will make things work and he always does mm. not in the timing i wish but in his time right um mm. even getting to the fox list was something that so i remember asked mm. me like how did i get a fox list um yeah and it was quite interesting because um uh, all i did was to enter to join a leadership strategy class mm. and one random guy i mean jason his name is uh, he was like hey Shaman, do you know about fox 30 under 30 i was like yeah sure what, what about it uh, can I nominate you? I was like, huh? <laughs> I was shocked, like, huh? I remember saying that. I was like, no, it's okay. Uh, he's like, no, 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 you go ahead and think about it. I remember I prayed about it and 
and then I received this message that says that, you know, like, sometimes winning the award is for us to make more impact. Mm. And for me, it's also a way to give thanks to the mentors that have trusted me and guided me in my own entrepreneurship journey. So yeah, so being able to win the award, it's not just about the award, the the prestige itself, but really mm. to pay it forward and to impact more lives. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just a very accidental, just because I decided to go for a strategy class to get nominated. And and yeah, so I, I honestly think, I mean, at that point in time, my business is not doing the best. Mm. But I guess Forbes is not about like how success, I mean, how, how much money you make right at that point in time. It's really about like who you are and so I just use like I just use the privilege I have to be in a fox list to to continue to shine for him to continue to impact lives mm. yeah so I guess you know faith means that you you know there's this uh, quote that I always like hold very dear to let me read mm-hmm. it to you it's, it's in it's in okay, I, I mean I know this is a secular podcast but I'm just going to share about my faith mm. so in Hebrews like 11 verse 1 is my favorite verse of all time mm-hmm. uh Faith is not what, <laughs> not be, not now. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Mm. Yeah, and I guess like, you know, a lot of times we as entrepreneurs we are hoping for something in the future, and yeah, and we don't see it. But having faith means allowing you to see beyond the now mm. to know that like what you hope for will happen in reality in the future. Amen to that, Charmaine. Thank you for being so humble. Right about the whole um, Forbes um, recognition and all that. Cool, Charmaine, we are connected on Instagram, right? And I see that you are pretty vocal about your faith. Uh, and there's a very interesting initiative that you're working on, which is Song Kids. Uh, do, you, do you mind telling us more about this initiative? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, in 2018, as I was sharing last time, you know, that you know we were going through a very mm-hmm. tough time. I actually asked God, like, what's the purpose of making money? And I had a vision of uh, land and orphanage. And I suddenly had a um, goal, which is like, how can I use my business that I run to build orphanages um, to help the kids that are the least and the lost? So I reached out to this guy called Hong Tik, mm. who runs Song Kids. And I said, hey, you know, I remember you were telling me that, he was just my client now. I was like, I remember you were telling me that you you run this movement that help kids in their orphans. How much does it cost to be an orphanage? Uh? <laughs> so I reached out to him and asked him mm. that. And then, so super interestingly, he said, Charmaine, uh, I'm not going to answer your question. You come over and figure out yourself. And of course, two years later, by, by calling 2019, I flew over to Myanmar to join their Song Kids Festival. Mm. Uh, Song Kids started out just as a yearly festival for kids to present their song, to perform in singing, dance, uh, or even like skate. But now, uh, we realized that, so when I went, I realized that, hey, you know, it's good for them to have a platform to perform, to show their, their talents. Uh, but we also need to teach them how to fish. So I started the education arm for Song Kids together with some of the other volunteers. So we started doing digital education because our belief is that every kid has a different gift, have a different calling. We are blessed in Singapore to be able to fulfill this gift and calling, but not many are. So if we are blessed, why don't we bring the blessings forward and be a blessing to others? So we allowed them to... Yeah, so Song Kids is really a platform for us to bring out the song in every kid. And so we started with uh, festivals and then now we are doing education and also microfinancing to help entrepreneur wannabes to run their own business. And if there's anything, it's really understanding that we all have a different calling. We are all talented in our own ways and God will give you a platform and opportunity to shine. Nice. This is really, really cool, right? So I think what you mentioned just now is that really every person is uniquely created. 
right? And every person has a unique gift uh, that God has given. So given that this episode is going out around Easter, what is one thing or a few things that you learned about your faith recently? Yeah, so <laughs> I requested for this show to be in Easter because Easter is such a meaningful and significant event for me. Like, besides the fact that we all know God died on the cross for us, right? Uh, mm. and, and therefore resurrected and it by itself is a miracle. I guess mm-hmm. what what really stood out is how like when you least expect peace, he gives peace. Um mm. and I guess for me in that lowest point when I was going through my low points, I I I mean I was going through depression and I really couldn't get out of depression anyway. Like I just can't stop crying. I just can't stop seeing the darkness in the world. But that Easter Sunday in 2018, suddenly I heard this sermon that says, God died on the cross for our sins so we can live a new life. I mean, we hear that all the time, honestly. Mm. But <laughs> somehow that, that sermon just stood out and I stopped crying. And suddenly there was this sense of peace that came to me and I was like, okay, I'm giving a new chance. I'm giving a new life. I can do things right again. Yeah. So I guess um, it was like living a new life. That year, I was, mm. that very next year, I got baptized. And yeah, I would say that God is no longer just somebody that like is my ATM, mm. but someone I fear and someone that, that I want just want to live His will and do the best I can on my time in this earth to to do the right things, lah. Mm. But it's your learning journey, you know. I'm I'm no perfect saint, and uh, I mean as you've seen in my <laughs> in my human ways, but yeah, I I guess I mean doing entrepreneurship, it's really knowing that this is the calling He has for me, and I'll persevere on till He says otherwise. Awesome. That is super inspirational. Thank you, Charmaine. Thank you. Awesome. So you mentioned about mentors, right? A few mentors that helped you um, in the past maybe five to ten years, right? So could you name a few mentors that helped you along the way? Mm, okay. Um, one is Prof. Ben. So when mm-hmm. I lost my I lost uh, my tech team, I had no one to turn to. I wasn't sure if the tech agency was working for me was doing the right thing. Uh, I had to speed up my learning curve in tech. Uh, I just reached out to the Ben and like chatted with my tech tech agency with him sitting beside me. Hey, correct or not? Correct or not? You know. So that was uh Prof Ben. The next mentor that stood out, uh, Chris Childress from NUS Enterprise. Also, he yes, yeah. How he helped me was he helped me to refine my pitch, and because I refined my pitch, uh, you know, I won Demo Asia Guru Award, and through that, I also managed to raise funds from a VC. Yeah, so that was impactful, and he also showed me like. I think sometimes also being there and staying accountable to somebody helps. And now I have three other mentors in my life that are very life-changing. First one is Patrick Cho. So Patrick is the co-founder, the CEO of Adam Cool Learning Technologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I needed to start the education arm of QuickDesk, I was a bit lost as to how to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Met him and I said, hey, I was very thick-skinned. Hey, you know, uh, can you be my mentor? And he said, yes. And till now, it's about close to four years. We have been mentoring together. And it, he shows me a lot about, you know, like he helped me to cover the things that I do not know, like finance management, cash flow management, um, strategy, partnerships. Yeah, um, he's one. My my mentor's quite global. <laughs> the second mentor <laughs> I have it's uh in Malaysia. He's called Raymond Cho. Mm, uh, okay. he's a business coach to many successful entrepreneurs. So we met on a random poker ship, learning about decision making, and so he does a education company and the tech company too. And I said, hey, you know, like. Can you be my coach? Mm. And he was like, yeah, sure. And we, we, we meet once a week, um, going through like 
making sure I complete all the accountability items that I'm supposed to complete and helping me to see if there were any areas and how I sell to enterprises that could be better improved on. And the last mentor that I recently got, it's from Philippines. Mm. It's called Mark Padilla. He runs many different companies. Oh, that's very traditional. Yeah, he runs a <laughs> lock and lock, you know, like a um, storage company. He runs Ooh. a resort. He runs one of the largest company uh, doing security, about 14,000 securities under him. So successful, but yet so humble and so giving and so caring. Yeah. He shows me a lot about globalization, about possibilities, about people management. Uh, so I learned really very different things from each of them mm-hmm. because they can all come from different experiences, come from different countries, right? Um, yeah, so I've been very blessed to have them now as uh, my constant mentors in my life. Awesome. I think I found the third thing in common is that both of us believe in mentorship. Uh, <laughs> and oh, I have one more. I have one more. Oh, yeah, yes, I, I, was, I have a... I also have a spiritual mentor who guides me and making sure that I make the wise decisions when sometimes I, I tend to want to do things my own way. Mm. Care to share who he, he or she is? Darkest Ho. Darkest Ho. She used to, I think she used to work in some of the real estate, GIC, I think. Yeah, mm. very long ago. And then she decided mm. to come out on her own. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for sharing. So, regarding mentorship, right? So, paying it forward is something that I believe in. How do you do that in people around you? I, def- I I hope I went up my stuff, lah, yeah, but I do my best to guide them. Um, yeah, I do. I do mentor my stuff. I do mentor. I joined a few mentorship programs and also took up ment- uh, as a mentor. One is Digital Missions Venture. Mm. It's a Christian tech entrepreneurs community. Uh, I also joined, there's another group called Phoenix or something. It's run by this guy from NUS called Samuel mm. Tan, Kingdom Ministry. Uh, mm. And I also had some juniors that the entrepreneurship space that I help on an ad hoc basis. Yeah, so, and I also run a mentorship program now. Uh, mm. So in EO, so I got my three mentors from EO and you know their APEC, right? Yes. So I actually started the first ever EO APEC mentorship program mm. doing cross-chapter mentorship across different countries. Yeah. Nice. I would definitely want to check it out. Sounds really cool. Let's switch gears a little bit to making decisions. Right, I think hard decisions are tough, especially as a founder. What is your toughest decision you have to make in this journey? Wow, so many. <laughs> That's the toughest. Uh? Uh, I guess twenty eighteen when I twenty eighteen when we were we were not making like we had a fraud, we were not making money anymore. Letting go of people, I think that was the toughest for me because like mm. I always cherish everybody that joins the team and I want them to stay. Um, so having to ask them like you know we cannot keep you anymore. I think that was very heartbreaking for me. Mm. That's one. Second tough decision is... Actually, I think that's the toughest. Lah, you know, like... I think for me, mm, yeah. people, it's the toughest. Yeah, mm. like the rest, mm. I think it's all objectives. Lah. Right, right. Let's talk about people, right? How do you... I believe since then, your team has grown, right? So how do you motivate the people um, in the company to do the best? I think at the end, uh, at the, end of the day... We need to know what motivates them. We need to know what they look out for in their life, right? And we need to know what makes them tick, how they learn. You know, like I always tell them, right? Your success is my success. Uh, I know it sounds very cliche, but it's real, right? Like if they succeed as an individual, they grow with us. We all grow together. So I guess um, that's really the principle that I, I go by. Mm, mm, yep, yep. If they success, then you are success as well. It's a team effort, right? Cool. So... Just to wrap up on the first section, so what is one lesson you learned being a founder that you would like to share to our listeners? 
One lesson I learned as a founder that I want to share my listeners are once you are clear with your why, never give up. Once you are clear with your why, never give up. Right? The purpose, right? The purpose of doing what you're doing, right? Cool. Thank you for the advice for our listeners who are founders, who are hustlers, right? So thank you for your time for the first section. So now moving on to the next section, which is the good vibes question. So I do this with a lot of our guests, right? This is the good vibes deck, which has a lot of questions. <laughs> Where did you get a card from? So this is from Box Green, one of the social enterprises that are at least on my eight episode. And the CEO is Walter O. Um, so I do support them as well, right? And this is this deck is from them. And this have a lot of, lots of questions. They are random. So what three things do you think of the most each day? What three things do I think of the most each day? Um, one, when is my time to exercise? <laughs> because exercising mm. and sports is very important for me. Uh, what do I hope to achieve today? And what am I thankful for today? Wow, that's very concise. Thank you. The second question is, what are you most afraid of? People puking and I'm puking. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> really, really, really. I got phobia of people puking. Or I got phobia of myself puking. <laughs> That's something new for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think most of people are afraid of people puking. That's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. The last question is, um, what's your earliest childhood memory? Or in other words, rewinding to your maybe childhood. What is something that you remember? Playing arcade games. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so nice. My, pa- nice. My, my parent, my dad likes to buy us like PlayStation and bring us the arcade. Yeah, I love like going there and then seeing the ticket come out, right? And then you collect a lot of tickets. And oh. um, yeah, so I don't know, like maybe what I really enjoy is fun. Like mm. I love playing. I love, uh, I love fun. And I, yeah, that's something that I really enjoy. I still play. I still. I still play now. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that, right? Speaking of which, we we shouldn't stop playing. I think playing should be part of life, right? It makes life more fun, and it also brings people together, right? To play together. Uh, speaking of playing an arcade, uh, where is time zone? I don't know where is time zone. Right? The arcades. <laughs> you have two I mean, kids there. Shouldn't you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't play the arcades. I mean, I used to go to arcade. I used to change my my uniform and to like this like t shirt and go in arcade so that I don't get caught. Right, but uh, those were the days. Uh, that's probably my earlier childhood memory. So those are the, <laughs> those are the three questions uh, from the good vibes deck. Thank you for your time, Shamin. Thank you, thank you, thanks for having me.